Hey, it's Ryan Doyle from TDR's Guaranteed Money. Will other states follow New York's lead when it comes to high taxes on sports wagering companies? Will Live Golf live up to its expectations when it comes to gambling? And what happens when I use way too many buzzwords and Anthony catches me? That and more is Guaranteed Money gets rolling. Hey, welcome to Guaranteed Money. I am Ryan Doyle. That is millennial entrepreneur Anthony Verrill. It is good to be with you. We're already firing off on all cylinders behind the scenes, so we'll bring the conversation to you right now, live and direct. Uh, of course, all views on the Guaranteed Money podcast and the guests on this podcast are purely opinion. You should not treat any opinions expressed by our guests as investment advice, and the views on this podcast are solely intended to be informational and are not investment advice. Uh, you're already firing on all cylinders when it comes to hockey. Uh, Mr. Verrill, so uh, you yeah, know, yeah. fire away. You weren't expecting the Avs to go up on the Oilers uh, three nothing. Likely could be a sweep in this series, and you feel for uh, for Connor McDavid. I mean, I, I I mean I feel for him. He's I mean he's quote unquote the second coming of the great one, and they can't get their shit together. Um, I mean, the thing that's good is is Mc, well at least what's gonna ha- I hope happens is McKinnon or McDavid get a cup under their belt. Um, I mean, these guys have been in the league for a while now. It's it's past due. And, I mean, I think it makes for an exciting storyline. Like, as much as I kind of want to see Tampa three-peat, um, just so it could be like, all right, well, we got our ass whooped when they played the Panthers, but at least we got beat by the best team in the tournament. Um, I was rooting for, uh, for Edmonton last night. I mean, Gretzky was on the pregame. Uh, they had Paul Coffey on the pregame. Everyone was amped to get, to, to get this game in Edmonton and see what happens, and the Avs just dominated again. Yeah, it's interesting also because you you think okay when you made this comment before we went on like where does McDavid go if they don't you know if they don't get any yeah, traction yeah. if they don't get anywhere towards the cup and all signs point to no it's not going to happen I'll address your comments ignoring the New York Rangers in just a second uh, but you know does <laughs> does Connor McDavid go somewhere else I, I mean I hope to God the thinking isn't going to be he leaves Edmonton and all of a sudden he's going to be a savior in Toronto because this place this market this city is an absolute I, cancer when it comes to hockey. Yeah, I mean, I agree with you, but you put him and Austin Matthews on the same team. I don't know what that's going to look like, but uh, it'd be pretty compelling. I mean, it, it it's kind of mind-boggling that the, that the Canadian teams are on such like a cold streak. Like you've got the Toronto Maple Leafs that can't even win a Ice series. Cold. Ice World. I think the last – what was the last Canadian team to win the World Cup? 1993, Montreal Canadiens, Stanley Cup. Right? I mean, that's to me, that's wild. And when anybody thinks of hockey, they think of Canada. I mean, Canada is hockey. It's not it's not in the States. Granted, we've got way more teams down here um, than you guys have up there. Full, but, I mean, full just of Canadian that, players, I might add. Oh, loaded. They're lo- I mean, right? the best players in the world are arguably Canadian or Russian. Um, I think the U.S. guys have, have kind of come to the forefront in the last decade. But no, when you think of who the best players are um, in the world in hockey, I mean, they're, they are Canadian. Um, it's just it's just how it is. Um, and the drought is. It, it, it's wild. 1993. It's like I mean, one of the most remarkable time. It's I've like one alive. of the most remarkable things in sports when you think about it and step back. Yeah. Yeah. Because like if you ask anybody else, I mean, and, and my, yeah. And, and my preconceived notion is, is, is Canada dominates hockey. I mean, obviously internationally, you guys dominate hockey sure. in, through, 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 uh, in and out. But I mean, as far as that drought goes, like we're going on, uh, 30 years now. Almost with uh, with with a drought for the cup going up north, yeah, and that's going to stay alive. Now, wait a minute, you you tried to slip in some sort of, you know, Tampa Bay is going to actually make it. Can I call them? I can call them Tampa Bay, whatever. Uh, that they're no, no, no. no. I don't think they're actually going to make it. Oh no, no, no. I don't think they're going to make it. I said, I said that I'd like, I I wouldn't mind if they won the cup, 
just so it makes the Panthers look a little bit less juvenile than they did getting their ass whipped in that series. Um, and I think it'd be cool storyline to have a three-peat. Um, I mean, it's it would just bode well. I think it'd be a great headline for uh, for, for hockey and just for the team overall. But no, couple I mean, weeks, if I had to couple pick... Weeks. Yeah, if, go ahead. I was going to say a couple weeks ago, I said to a buddy of mine, I said, New York Rangers are going to the Stanley Cup. He looked at me like I was crazy. I didn't pull the trigger on the bat. I wish I had because now I'm They're confident hot. the New York the New York Rangers are going to win the Stanley Cup. They're hot. I mean, hockey is momentum. I mean, hockey, it's like you get up two games to nothing. You're firing. You're beating them down. You're scoring goals. I mean, you'll probably sweep them and then take the momentum into the next series. I wouldn't be surprised if you see the Rangers just just flat out crush Tampa in the next couple of games and then ride to yeah. that cup. But I think the Avalanche, I don't know who's going to beat the Avalanche. They are it's pretty New York damn Rangers. good. It's New York I, Rangers. Put I, your I, money on it right now. I'm going to. Yeah. I'm going to pull the trigger on something New York Ranger oriented when that series line comes out because I do think they're hot and they're they're just clicking in the right way. And I believe you when you say hockey is momentum. A lot of yeah, it. Yeah. I think the New York Rangers have that in bags. Uh, yeah, I got roasted. Basketball. I got roasted Bas- this week at the book, but we can Did get you? to that later in the pod. Yeah, I got fucking okay. crushed. <laughs> Uh, whereas basketball is not momentum anymore. Basketball is like this weird uh, stepchild that doesn't really behave the way you expect it to on the night it's supposed to behave that way. I have almost given up betting on basketball at this point in time, even though I was I was pretty hot all season when it came to yeah. you know riding things right down to the wire. I, I just, for the life of me, don't understand it. Uh, a lot of experts, a lot of the metrics people came out and said the Celtics are going to win this series. You know, on Thursday, I did. The, I was telling you, I did the podcast solo, and I said these people are nuts. Sure enough, the the Warriors come out. They look like they're dominating the game, and then the Celtics yeah. come out with this amazing 17-0 run. And Steph Curry has no answers. Last night, a little bit of a different story. Jordan Poole, who I think is starting to become the X factor in this to. series for the Warriors, five three-point shots, nailed yeah. them all. Had seven, finished with yeah. 17 points. Like. But does that continue when we talk about them going into Boston on Wednesday night? Or are we going to see more of this Celtics team that I have yet to be able to figure out? Yeah, I mean, I think it could go either way. I, To be honest, I don't really have an opinion on this right now. Like I said, I got fucking crushed on the game one um, that I went heavy on Golden State. Then I went heavy on Golden State second half and got my ass handed to me. But I mean, if anybody watched that game, uh, was it Derek White and Al Horford? Yeah. Anything they were jacking up from the three-point line was going in. They made nine of 11 threes in the fourth quarter, I think, or something crazy like that. I don't know if that's sustainable. If I was going to bet on anyone, it would be Golden State to be shooting that uh, that kind of percentage sure. on a nightly basis. Um, I'm going to take Clay, Steph, Jordan Poole, and the boys over Horford and, and White and these guys. Um, I hate Boston with a passion. Like I hate Boston more than any team in the NBA. Um, so I'm really biased here. Like I want to see the, the the Warriors just crush them um, for obvious reasons. But I mean, I think they made it a they made it a, a, a interesting series, and I think they're going to probably take another one here out of the pair in Boston. Um, I think this is going to be a long series. They can get hot one night, but they don't deliver the next. Um, it's going to be very hard to win a championship without that consistency. It's also hard to handicap that lack of consistency and then the consistency. You know, well, Al Horford is fucking 106 years old. I mean, I think it might yeah. be Al Horford's ghost that's out there playing shooting three point shots. I'm not touching. I'm not touching the series again um, until it goes back to Golden State, probably in Game Five. I'm not. Because I just feel uncomfortable. Three. I'm the same way. Yeah, I'm not. I think it could go either way. I mean, I do respect Boston. I think Tatum's proving that he's going to be a superstar in this league. 
I think Jalen Brown is proving that he is a damn good basketball player um, and doesn't get really the respect he deserves. But like I said, I mean, I fucking hate Boston. I mean, I would like nothing more than for the Warriors to just beat them down the next three games and just get this over with. Um, But yeah, we'll see. Isn't that something, though? That's where we're at with the NBA. It's like we had these great playoffs to a point, although they were slightly unpredictable at, at, at certain sections. Yeah. And now we're at the finals where it looks like anybody, anybody but Boston, I just want to see this done. Warriors could win 4-1, and I'd be totally happy and comfortable yeah, yeah. with that going into baseball season. Yeah, I'm just bitter. I mean, I, I, I'm, just, I'm just bitter um, <laughs> from, from, from the ECF. So, and I won't, I, won't, I won't root for Boston. I'd rather die than root Ever. for Boston. I hate them. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, I mentioned baseball season. You've been on a a bit of a a bad streak. I've been on an absolute heater. And I've got I found this new way. And again, I'm not giving any recommendations that this is the way you should play things or make your bets. But I've really started to dig into some of the mobile opportunities out there with the different providers. I'm not going to mention which ones I'm using right now. You can figure it out for yourself. But I found this really interesting, Anthony, I'd like to get your take on it. Because I've been betting baseball to kind of fill that uh, NBA void because I've just been like, I'm not, I'm not touching this. And I've been betting something specific on baseball and that is teams run lines. Now, normally you'd get, if you're using a, a a black, yeah, listen, this is good stuff. Cause I'll tell you in a sec. Normally you could get like, you know, if you're with a black market or gray market book, they'll set one number and you have to get over under, right? So let's say it's the the Cleveland guardians, uh, four and a half is what the book sets. Fair enough. That's that's all you can take. You take over, you take under with some of the other ones with the regulated books. They now offer any total. So it goes from basically one and a Yeah, (laughs) you see where I'm going with this one and a half to like seven and a half. And obviously the the odds odds get higher and higher. What's the odds? A lot of juice, obviously. One and a half is like minus 400 minus five. Okay, right. So I'm not playing there. But what I've really started to look at is the minus three and a half. So a team getting four runs in baseball. And then I start doing my digging. So I almost go backwards on it. I look at the pitching matchups, obviously. That's key. How many base on balls these pitchers are are giving up? uh, Because that obviously presents a certain amount of uh, run opportunities. What kind of contact these pitchers are giving up when it comes to, you know, base runners and whatnot. And then doing my math there. No word of lie. Word of a lie. And I'll send you the screenshots if you need receipts. I hit 17 of these last week. What? Yeah. I hit 17, and some of them are parlaying. Uh, it was pretty wild stuff. And 17? it was just constant. 17 in a what row. You, so wait, I was so hold on. So, so like, what are you doing? Are you like reverse engineering the pitching matchups and then looking at, are you getting as granular as to like what the guys did the game before as far as yes. their batting match? Okay. So if someone went, yes. if the team like batted like a super low average, and then you're taking that into account with the next decision on the next night, thinking that they're going to bounce back and score some there'll runs. There'll be regression back to where they should be. Yeah. Okay. You fit fucking 17 of these? Yeah. Yeah. Now, I did lose one. Uh, I did okay. lose I mean, one. Okay. So you're what? You're, <laughs> I did lose uh, one. You're, you're, 90, you're batting 95%. <laughs> Um, yeah, much. I almost don't want to tell people about this, but I said I was going to be transparent on the podcast and yeah, tell yeah. people what I'm doing and what I'm getting into. So I got to be fair about it. Uh, even yesterday, I had the Jays, the Toronto Blue Jays at three and a half, over three and a half runs. They sat at three for most of the game. They have an explosive ninth inning and they get to six runs. And, and I cashed on that as well. So it was just it was just one of those things where it's just like I found this little spot and I, I encourage people, you know, don't necessarily just look at the game. If you can find something within the game yeah. that might be more your speed. 
sometimes you can, I don't want to say it's a gold mine, but it's a comfortable number that keeps coming in. And if you're starting to double that up, it can add up pretty quick. Yeah. I mean, not even joking. I've probably lost more in baseball than I have at any sport than all other sports combined. If you were to take my record wagering on things as a whole. Um, I mean, I've gotten just killed in baseball. I've also probably hit. Yeah, it is. I've hit my, the biggest parlay that I ever hit was in baseball um with the uh with 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 run lines um which was super lucky i hit like a six team uh run run line part yeah yeah, it was it was like 50 bucks to win like 16 grand um it was it was wild and i hit it um but i including that i've probably still lost more money on baseball than everything combined (laughs) um just even though you went 16 g's off a 50 spot yeah just terrible terrible at baseball oh i always pick the games Um, where crazy shit happens just like it, it just happens that way yeah i mean uh, for instance like I'll, I'll pick a game and like everything will be going well and then something crazy happens in the seventh inning that winds up being like a not top 10 or something on sports center um or <laughs> or like the pitcher hits like a home run um and yeah. like, just something that never happens usually happens like i haven't bet on a baseball game in probably two years just because of that yeah i mean it was just jam. i was just getting bad like Seriously, like, like uh, the, the no runs in the first inning. I mean, I know that's a volatile bet, but like I was betting on them and I was hitting some of them. But then the other ones, it's like O2, uh, it's like an O2 count. Um, yeah, there's like, two out. yeah, two O2 count, two out, one runner on first. And then like a fucking crazy error happens with like a ball to the corner. And then the guy scores and it's like, oh, sorry, done. And then other ones, it's just... And then the next batter is an out, right? Correct. Like gra- first pitch. The next batter is always an out. For, for, first yeah. pitch is a ground out. So, I mean, after that, I was yeah. just like, all right, well, I'm decent at basketball. Football is usually where I make most of my money wagering. Um, just, I don't need to bet baseball. Yeah, okay, fair enough. But, but if you're looking for something... I mean, I do like I do like the tree you're barking up, though, with this run uh, run line bet. Um, cause it's dynamic and you're, and you're kind of basing it off data, not just off the, uh, the teams that are playing each other. Yeah. And you're also setting the line yourself, which yeah. I think is key, right? You're, you're setting that number yourself as opposed to leaning into what the book is offering in a yeah. very rigid, in a very rigid fashion. Uh, I wanted to give a quick shout out to uh, the folks at the Canadian gaming summit, uh, in Toronto, it's uh, kicking off this week. I'm going to be a part of it. I, you know, I wish you were up here with me, uh, to be a part of it, but I'm hosting a couple of panels. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, one is taking place uh, on Thursday. The other is taking place on Wednesday. I'll be up there with the CEO of BetMGM. I'm looking forward to doing a fireside chat with him and the CEO of the ScoreBet. Uh, but I also think, you know, it, it speaks to our brand and what we do. And we appreciate, you know, being involved in it and allowing us to be involved in it. We'll be doing some uh, great interviews from the floor as well. Uh, same with the folks at Sigma. They're throwing a big uh, convention this week in Toronto. It's a busy week in this city when it comes to gaming and when it comes to uh uh, sports betting and conferences and talking about the industry. So oh, yeah. I'm looking forward to being a part. Yeah, of that. it's going to be great. That's going to be great. Um, I might I might be in Austin at the end of the week at Consensus um, with some stuff for for Only Gems and kind of okay. looking at the Web three and the crypto uh, crypto stuff that's going on at Consensus. But yeah, I mean, it's uh, I would be up there otherwise. It's going to be a hell of a hell of a conference, and it's good to get sports betting yeah, really looking- some momentum moving forward. Hundred uh, percent. Let's talk a little bit about the, this, the New York governor, and I know this is going to drive you up the, the same tree that I was barking up. Um, the New York governor this last week was talking about how they're making record, record amounts of money when it comes to taxes. Of course. Uh, and now the big question, now the big question is, is this kind of, 
is this kind of number that she's put out there. We're talking like hundreds of millions of dollars are coming into New York already in the first couple of months. They're number one in the country. They only started in what, January, February. Yeah. They're number one in the country when it comes to tax revenue. People are scared, and I understand why, that this high tax model uh, may have a domino effect across the country. And then the question is, what does the path to profitability look like for a lot of these companies if they're all going to have to operate in a high tax state? Yeah, I mean, I think I, I think I would take it with a grain of salt right now. I mean, I think New York's going to generate this tax revenue. They're going to look at it objectively, which that's a huge, huge unknown saying that a government's actually going to look at something objectively. Um, and then I guess sure. make a decision on that. I mean, these companies can't really uh, thrive in a high tax environment. Granted, it's not the government's fiduciary responsibility to make sure that the business is operating in a healthy environment. It's just their 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 responsibility to make sure that they're compliant um, with the regulations that are set forth. But I mean, I could see them really start to pare down taxes as users more users start to come online. These companies start to generate more revenue, and then they could be generating these same tax dollars with an increase in revenue, right but a across. decrease in taxes um, to really generate an equilibrium. But I mean, yeah, they'll 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 definitely uh, cripple the companies in the long term. But I think they'll they'll figure something out. I wouldn't expect uh, all the other states to follow suit and start to just jack taxes up um, as it relates to what's going on in New York. Hold on, you don't see a couple of these states eyeing this and thinking, okay, well, we could make a lot more. We could be in that New York oh, I mean, situation. I, think they, I mean, these are poli these are politicians we're talking about. After all, these people don't give a fuck about the gambling industry. They care about money in their yeah, own. Yeah, I mean, I line. think that I think that they'll that they'll take notice to an extent. But I mean, I think they're also. I mean, this is probably a big assumption, but they're smart enough to understand that that regulation could stifle growth. Um, I mean, I think New York is a very different animal than other states. Um, I, I don't know if I would use New York as the blueprint to, to drive change in other states. If, if states went to market with a certain plan and a certain platform, I'd probably stick to that for now. Otherwise, you're going to piss off some operators and probably lose people in the long term versus grow it the way that you actually want to see it grow. I want to talk a little bit about golf for a second as well, because this is getting a lot of attention. Uh, it's going to make its debut at the Centurion Club. Um, that's in London, England. It's a three-day event that's going to be happening. I believe it's this Thursday. Yeah. Like this Thursday it's yep. coming up. Yeah. Um, so is it live golf? Is it, live. is it live it's or live? Live, live, live golf. golf. Okay. So it's, it's the live golf series. Dustin Johnson turned a lot of heads saying that he was going to be uh, a part of it. Kevin Na, I think was one of the other golfers yep. last week that said, Hey, listen, I'm, I'm, I'm dropping out of the PGA. Want something different. Uh, my understanding is you're going to see 12 teams. So there'll be a team and individual competition going head to head all season long, 48 players. So smaller fields, uh, they're only going to play three rounds, eight events a year, no cuts. So they're advertising basically that you're not going to miss out on your favorite golfer, which I kind of like, oh, to be great. honest. And they're going to uh, have shotguns. They're going to have shotgun starts that they say it's going to ensure a faster, more exciting pace of play. This is obviously trying to cater to a golf community. Uh, that might not love the way the PGA does things, which is a slow burn. Even for a guy like me, who's a bit of a purist, it is a slog sometimes trying to watch four rounds of golf. Uh, you know, I can't remember the last time I do, did it outside of a major. So I, I guess we look at this, obviously the betting opportunities are yeah. here, you know, probably tenfold over what they would be in the PGA. But does this have a shot? I mean, they've landed some pretty big names. Oh, I think it's got more than a shot. I think it's going to be around for, a, for, for years to come. Um, I mean, as long as the economics make sense and as long as the interest is there from the golfers, 
I don't see any reason why people aren't viewing this. Like I'm all for it. Like people are like, oh, protect the PGA. Like this product might cheapen golf. No, I mean, it just gives you something else to watch. Like the PGA is, I mean, I love golf. Like I golf every week. I golf whenever I can. If I'm doing anything in my spare time, probably golfing. Um, I hate the PGA. <laughs> like watching anything outside of a major or anything that Tiger is not involved in for four days, you just can't do. Like that is a serious commitment of time um, to be doing that. I mean, if, there, if there's a golf tournament on, even if it's a major and I want to be paying attention, it's background noise while I'm working or it's something and then I'm just checking the leaderboard um, and staying engaged. But I mean, I think golf needed to change. It needs another product. I mean, it's good because if this league survives and if this league grows, I mean, that just means that there's a global audience and there's a bigger interest in golf that versus what's in the PGA. I mean, I don't think that the PGA should look at it as adversarial. There is no reason why they can't have a, another league internationally. Like that, that, but they do. The, the way they that do. the way that the PGA is looking at it just reinforces the notion that these guys are just like the old guard, and they're they're, they're opposed to anything that, that that doesn't align with their core values or what's built into golf. I mean, good for DJ, good for Bubba, good for Kevin Na. I think it's going to be interesting, and it's a different format. Um, it's not the same four days cut, blah blah blah. Like you want to see your golfer golf, he's going to be there for all three rounds. And I mean, why not do a shotgun to make it to make it more more time efficient? Um, I, I I love it. I'm curious to see how it does. I'm rooting for its success, and I'll definitely be watching the first tournament um, this weekend. Yeah, I'm excited. So I guess it since it starts on Thursday, it's a three day event. So you're talking about golf wrapping up on Saturday. Yeah. So they, I don't if I'm the PGA, you, you still are protected on Sunday. Yeah. They have a very MLB feeling to me, right? That they, they've got that oh, old guard are. mentality, maybe even an older guard yeah, mentality. They are. They're a complete old guard mentality. I mean, it's like let the guys do what they what they want to do, and let the product let the product see if it can sink or swim. Like look at the NFL. The NFL doesn't care about any of these uh, nascent sure. leagues that emerge, and they've all failed. Um, however, in golf, I think it's much easier because you've got individual athletes and individual brands, and you don't have to bring together all the mechanisms from the teams to overall drive right. success. Um, golf, I think, is going to be much, much easier um, with what they want to actually uh, bring to market. What name, here, here's a question for you, outside of Tiger Woods, what name would have to drop off the PGA's roster and go to live golf to make this just an absolute home run. Hmm. Outside of Tiger, is it JT? Is it Spieth? Brooks. I'd have to say Brooks. Brooks. I'd have Bryson. to say Brooks and Bryson. However, like right now, if Scotty said, "Hey, I'm going to go play over there," meanwhile, I'm the world number one, everybody would right. fucking freak out. Like every that would be. It'd be yeah. bedlam. Yeah, bedlam. granted, who's got the biggest audience and what names? If you get Brooks and Bryson over there, there's no cuts and they're going at it every week. Like that's gold. Um, that is gold. I think J because that's one of the things that's killed that yeah. rivalry, right? Yeah, is the yeah, cuts. yeah, absolutely. Like I think JT is interesting. Um, I don't know if JT has the brand um, per se. Rory, Rory would be huge. Rory's a Nike athlete. Rory's a a, a major winner, and I mean Rory's got the brand. Um, and people actually watch Rory. Like a lot of people watch JT, but JT's audience are purists. JT's my wife doesn't know who Justin Thomas is. My wife knows True. who Brooks Kapka, Bryson DeChambeau, and Rory McIlroy are. 
Um, so, I mean, I would say that those, th- those guys definitely would make a splash or they'd be like, oh shit, like we need to do something. Uh, crypto, obviously a, a hot topic and we continue to, to talk about it. Obviously it's, it's your world, you're immersed in it, but I, I found this interesting. It has to do with Las Vegas and sort of the reaction that Nevada's gaming control board technology division has taken or the stance they've taken when it comes to cryptocurrencies. Uh, they're, they're having a big, big conversation about whether it should be used in casinos in gaming. Like, so we're talking about sports wagering. And the head of this uh, division, his name is Jim Barbie. He says, you can actually win the wager and be paid in cryptocurrency. But if the value of the crypto has deflated, you could potentially lose money on that endeavor. And I guess he's using that as, I knew that was going to be a reaction. Uh, he's using that as some sort of weird ass defenses to not try it in okay. the first place. Uh, we actually had these conversations when we were down in Nevada. Um, if you're telling me that a gambler is going to care that there's a proposition or a gamble, it could go the other way as okay, well, so could it not? Where you win and yeah, you might get here's, more. Here's how you debunk that really quickly. So right now, everybody looks at cryptocurrency as what the actual fiat equivalent is which that matters, that's variable, that's dynamic. However, if you're going to do it on a gaming basis, and as far as placing bets go, if I'm betting 0.5 Ethereum on a bet, I'm getting paid out 0.5 Ethereum when I win. It's not the house's problem if there's a volatility in the fiat conversion. Cryptocurrency is a one of one, it's a one of one marker. When I go and price my board apes, like, yes, I care about the fiat equivalent, but it's worth 95 Ethereum today. It's worth 95 Ethereum yesterday, and it'll probably be worth 95 Ethereum tomorrow. The, 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 the volatility in the actual cryptocurrency for real people that are transacting in it doesn't matter. So from a casino's perspective, all you have to do is be denominating those bets that you're taking in and paying out in the cryptocurrency equivalent. Yeah, yeah the, the conversion is not no, your problem. No, not at all. If I go to Vegas and I want to put one Ether on the Avalanche to win the Stanley Cup, I'm going to win one Ether or lose one Ether when I cash that bet out. If I lose, the house isn't going to be right. like, all right, well, you made the bet at 4200 and you lost the bet at 3600 Cool. We're we're only going to take thirty six hundred from you. That doesn't matter. It's a one of one or peg to peg transaction. Right. So I mean, what he's saying just means that he doesn't know shit about crypto and he's making excuses. Isn't it terrifying though that these are the people that are running things and making these decisions? But I mean, it's it, it's everywhere. When you look at people like the U.S. government, when you look at the MLB, when you look at PGA, when you look at the governing bodies around cannabis, crypto. And, and sports wagering. It's a bunch of fucking people that are over the age of 60. They don't even understand what's going on and they don't want to see change. Like if I was a, if I was a casino, why the fuck not would I not take crypto? I would open my doors and be like, look, come pay me with whatever you want. Like come in with Bitcoin, come in with Ethereum, come in with, uh, with, with whatever currency that you want to come place a bet. We will honor that. And as long as everything internally is compliant with AML standards, sure. If I want to walk into Caesars or if I want to walk into Circa right now and use my crypto wallet, sure, I can do that, but they need to KYC me so they know where the money's coming from. Done. Done, done, done. Everything is now compliant. You can now transact in crypto and it's one of one. Like this isn't hard. It's like using dollars. 
Well, let me let me segue right into this then, because this is uh, kind of the, the the absolute other side of it that you're talking about. It's a company called Lucky Crypto. They're an online DeFi gaming platform. They accept crypto deposits. They've now launched an NFT collection, and players have the chance to win a Lucky DGen from the metaverse. It's they, they're calling it and dubbing it the first ever NFT slot machine, can I, uh, which can, can be found can I, in the Lucky DGen's embassy in December. Can I just stop you real quick? A red flag yeah. on any crypto project or ecosystem are way too many buzzwords when you're explaining the project and you basically just fucking said every buzzword in the crypto space. <laughs> you just combined DeFi, NFTs, gambling, metaverse. Crypto? Yeah, I mean, I'm not even going to look at yeah. that project and I'm not, I wouldn't transact on it just okay. by what you just said. Like for me, that's a huge. And it's their own oh, yeah, yeah. I, mean, I didn't. Gr- I didn't- yeah, granted, I'm up. I'm just being yeah. a, a dick off the cuff right now. Like I'm just being honest. Like if you were pitching me that, like if this was an investment pitch, and you just started with that line, yeah, yeah, I would have been like, get the fuck. I would. I'm done. Um, that was just like buzzword after buzzword after buzzword <laughs> after buzzword. Um, now, not even. Yeah, I mean, I'm gonna go on their website now and I'll go check out the platform. But I mean, DeFi, NFT, Metaverse, gaming, gambling, like. Yeah, yeah. I mean, land. you just hit everything all at once. Um, all they need to have now is like some leveraged, some leveraged awesome. uh, Bitcoin contracts added into their mix, and they're they're good. They they hit all the they hit all the the buttons on the head. But there's a panda yeah, with a cowboy I mean, hat. <laughs> yeah, that, there's a, the, 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 a way to do there's a way to do all of this. Yeah. Oh, I'm crying right now. I mean, as I'm soon as you said crying. that, a light clicked on in my head. I was like, fuck that. That's like buzz, 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 buzz. Yeah. Um, like if you wanted to rug a community or if you wanted to put a project out there that looks so exciting that everyone was just going to flock to it and not pay attention, you would use all those words in, the, in, in your mission statement describing what you're doing. That's awesome. Yeah. We're gonna just end it there. I got yeah. no, I got nothing else except for the panda and the cowboy yeah. hat. Looks great. It looks great. I mean, if you're in the market for one, it's also an astronaut with a cowboy hat, which I don't quite understand because that's Oof. like two hats. It's yeah, got, see, like, they, don't even, the, they, they don't even. They don't even. A lot going on yeah. there. Correct. They didn't even just think throwing shit on. JPEG throwing shit on NFTs. <laughs> Anthony, always a pleasure. Thank yeah, you, man. Thanks for making me laugh today. Subscribe to Guaranteed Money wherever you get your podcasts and find out more details at thedalesreport.com. Don't forget also to check out our YouTube channel for more content.